We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings, the 150th Open Championship Bets, one and done, preview, the most cursed golfers of the week, and maybe, just maybe, a little talk about Zach Wilson, because, yeah, we kind of have to, it's blowing up the internet right now, and it's hilarious! Remember to gently caress the like button, because, you know, we have class here on the Pat Mayo Experience. If you want to get into a draw for either a $500 cash prize, a Masters Polo straight from the store at Augusta National, or a membership to fantasynational.com for a year, hit the description, sub to the newsletter. You'll find everything down there and how you get ballots. The main two ways to do that, if you retweet, or share on Facebook or wherever it might be. Every time you do that, you'll get one ballot into the draw. If you rate and review the Pat Mayo Experience audio podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, five stars, something you enjoy, Twitter handle or email in it, then you will get 30 ballots into the draw. There's a super way to get ballots. You'll only find that in the newsletter. However, if we get 200 new reviews between Apple and Spotify, I'm releasing a new Cuss Corner with me, Cust, and Kenny Kim on Thursday as you sit around waiting up early to watch the open championship you'll have some background noise and it's a banger so highly suggest you do do that if you've already done the review in the past update it you get back to the top of the list in terms of the draw if you haven't done it now is the time to go do that joining me on the line old jeff feinberg swagged out in his open championship gear what's happening 
thought I'd dress up for the occasion. I'm ready. 150th Open. I get sad when I think it's the last major championship of the year, Pat, but oh, football will be two months away come Monday morning. I, I guess will be where my head is at. I'm not sure, but until then, um, yeah, one last ride, and we're told it's supposed to be a, a special one, and it means more, apparently, and everybody who talks about it. I would it's 150th edition. We're back at St. Andrews. I know that Cuss is going to have a lot to say on this because he loves old-timey things. Do want to remind everyone to play in the DraftKings Listeners League. Uh, it's rake-free, $90,000 of rake-free money. It's open now. It's filling up quickly. It's already 33% full. It's a Monday morning, so you might want to go get your spot before it's done. The link is down in the description, or if you just join the newsletter, you can get the link directly in there. What do you think, Jeff? Do you want to banter back and forth, or do you want to get to the what people are really here for? We can get right. We can get right into it. All right. Well, joining us on the line, stock loaded with what I'm sure are hot takes. It is Tim Undercust. Tim Undercust. That is not my name. Well, the people need to know with you, although Jeff is, Jeff is dressed up like you today. That is something that uh, we don't normally see on this show. Jeff, the one rocking the old man attire. I am very impressed with how Jeffrey has chosen to express himself sartorially today. Uh, I, I 150th think Open Championship. Got very to, appropriate. Uh, buy into the hyperbole and... And show some respect. I guess by the weekend, I'll be wearing high guards and knickers. I, I'm not sure. Or you it might... would be great. And Go ahead. I said it would be great. I mean, that this place is about tradition. Like, this is a true test of golf. Everyone plays off the first tee. I... Uh, people dress nicely. Uh, I don't have home. a wardrobe that can take me into the weekend. I've got one that can get me into Monday, Tuesday. You, I'm, sh- I'm certain have the shorts and the socks that can like go take you full throttle through the week. Yes. I, I don't just have charger sideline gear. So I do have clothing that will get me through four days of nice dress. You also on- don't have, never mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> well, it's nice to see that your guys's bickering is in mid season form at this point, but Tim, this is the 150th open championship. So no one enjoys history more than you've already mentioned that everyone is teeing off from the first tee this week. Not playing split tees. No one's starting on 10. They're just going out in order, and we're going to have four really long days of watching golf, which is great because most of it's going to be happening while people are still in bed for the most part. So give us your opinion on St. Andrews. I love this course. It's true links. It's nine out, nine back. It is every. I mean, it shows you what golf can be. It's that linkage between 500 years of the past of the sport and today, that it's a course that can hold up to the rigors of the most challenging tournament in the world, the open and can still be a place where people can score. Like it's it's such a marvelous place. I mean, there's very little rough at this course, but there are places where if you hit it, like in the bunker on 14 or short on 18, uh, you're going to make a, really big number it, it, it protects itself of course with the wind but that's the way links golf is i mean this is true golf you're not going to see guys hitting super high flops in the greens here uh, it, it just doesn't work it never does this is a place where yes you'll hit it long you'll get all the rollout and then you've got to be sort of efficient with your chips and your bumps uh to play good golf and master these massive double greens in some cases so it's gonna it's it's a it's a marvelous course i love it holes you see holes here you will never ever see anywhere else like the road hole they would never build a hole like 17 
anywhere else. It's the most iconic hole in all of golf because you have to hit over the town to get in position. And then there's all the OB on the right and you cannot miss right on 17 or you're dropping a shot. You see people playing shots off the wall. It's, it's such a, it's such a great course. And it also helps that it has, it's been in every version pretty much of golf video games that we played like Pebble beach. Everybody knows all the holes at St. Andrews. There's no mystery to St. Andrews. We all know it and know what we would do if we were playing the video game. And, and it's, it's everything golf can be. I'm, I love when the British, uh, when the when the Open Championship comes to St Andrews, for that yeah, reason. Uh, you you almost gave us some good SEO there with British Open. People have actually have been asking me all week. It's like it is not the British Open; it is the Open Championship, and I agree with you. However, when you stick British Open in the title of something, it gets way more hits. By the way, in case you wanted to know I'm, that, in case you want to know I, why I, that is the case, Tim brought up something here, Jeff. Uh, you have to be very efficient with your bumps. Does that just mean that DJ is going to win? <laughs> I am very intrigued by Dustin Johnson this this week, but I keep going back and, and forth on um, what what the old lady's going to be able to deliver, uh, you know, as it turns to modern, you know, club technology, modern ball technology which a lot of people think can make the biggest difference around this place every moment though i think someone's gonna just break this place or a couple of them i re i rein myself back in and you know bunkers are true hazards it will find a way uh if it doesn't get windy it could have problems i don't know if they want to make it like crust it to to extremes where balls just roll, you know, if you aren't exacting, that ball is going to roll and they're going to have that ball roll into a, a pot bunker. I'm not sure, but I can't help myself. But I'll, at the same time, think a couple guys are just going to break it. Just going to break it. A hundred years ago, that exact conversation would have taken place. That the You're probably right. We had it in so 15. Different. Exactly. The technology CJ. is so different than it was in 1558 to 1910. How can this course defend itself? But like, like it's seen all the changes come and go. It's seen every player, and it will be there after all the changes come and go. The course has a reason it is still on the Rota and other old courses aren't is because it has found a way to hold up to the test. And part of that is Mother Nature. Mother Nature, if it lays down, I'm sure old Tom Morris would have put down an incredibly low score at an open championship in 1876 when there was no wind, right? Because the course is gettable when there's no wind and no rain. But if the weather comes up, it becomes a, an, un, an almost an untakeable task. But again, the RNA is smart. The RNA knows if it's windy and rainy to put the pin right in the middle of the green and not to mess around with pin positions. Like they know how to set up a very fair golf course. Uh, and they know no better course than this. I believe this is the 30th time that the, that St. Andrews has hosted the open championship. So I think that, like I said, I know people like to say, oh, well, new technology and new changes, but like this course has seen it all. We'll see more. And there's every reason to think it'll just keep holding up and adapting in the way that it has always adapted. And, you know, just watching, you know, you had to watch 10 minutes of the Scottish Open to see like, yeah, I might think, I know the Renaissance Club isn't St. Andrews. I don't mean it like that. It, it's not. But <laughs> No. No, but it's just like, it doesn't take very much to like find trouble, even when you think things are going well at these sorts of, um, you know, at a true links layout. Yeah. Get into hell bunker and you are going to probably make a seven or an eight, maybe. Right. 
mean, that's I maybe mean, ask David Duvall what happened to him when he was trying to chase down Tiger. What was that, 2005? That wasn't a, yeah. that wasn't a great scene for old David Duvall coming down the stretch. Anyway, Tim, you are here to figure out who we should not be betting to win at the Open Championship because you have your three picks, the three most cursed people at the 150th Open Championship. Lay it out for us. Well, I mean, I dispute the most cursed label. I, I don't I don't agree with that. So, as always, for the championships, I, I give you people three winners, and I'll give them to you in the order in which I have the most confidence, or least confidence, sorry. Number three, someone I really like this week, who started really well last week in Scotland, and then just things fell apart on Friday, is Mito Pereira. He's Poor my third guy, pick. man. Uh, he's 100 to 1, but you know what? He's played good golf this year. He played good to start in Scotland uh, last week, and then things sort of went sideways. What, what do you suppose, hold on, what, what do you suppose happened to him in Scotland? What was the one thing that we could point to that may know. have thrown him off the rails. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not going to play your game. I don't know. I'm just saying he's a hundred to one. Those odds are are marvelous. The guy should have won the PGA Championship. He's playing good golf. I like Mito a lot in this spot. Uh, I just just take him. I think this is a great opportunity for redemption. I, I really like Mito this week. Do you think that he is covertly going back to Guillermo instead of Mito? to maybe throw you off the scent so you don't pick him? Because every time you pick this guy, tragedy has struck. Well, I mean, it's unfortunate that things have gone sideways for him a couple of times, but I remain undeterred. I, I feel really good about him this week. And the fact that he started well in Scotland makes me think, okay, like he can play this course. Yes, I know there are sometimes people will win the Scottish Open and then win the, the Open Championship. It can happen. It doesn't have to happen either. Like, he, okay, he didn't play great at the Scottish Open, but he showed some flair. And so I'm happy with him uh, showing that a little bit. And it's a different – St. Andrews, of course, is a different type of course. I think he's well-suited for it. Who is your second most cursed pick? Second pick, and he's also my one and done because my number one pick has already been used, so John Rahm is second. Uh, I had to triple-check to see that he was 16-1. to 1. Like, those are really good odds on John Rahm, who is – I mean, he won – the, uh, the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines, which is a pretty open-style U.S. Open course in terms of, like, the layout. I mean, St. Andrews is, of course, a lot more open than, than Torrey Pines is. But I don't know. It just seems like if Rom can get hot with his putter, he's the class of that of the field. Like, I mean, look at the people ahead of him. I would rather Rom than anybody with shorter or similar mm -hmm. odds than him. Really, yes. I mean, Rom is – when Rom's playing his best, his best is better than anybody else's. I really believe that. Ooh. And so at 16 to 1, the odds are great for Rom. We take him. He's our one and done. Uh, we'll not be shocked at all if he holds the Claret Jug on Sunday. And now, friends, Jeff, you especially, bring the hammer, Tim. Who's the most cursed guy at the Open? My pick to win, and I feel best about this, is Will Zalatoris. He's my pick. I think, yeah, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. See, I know you're trying to rattle me. No, let's I'm, go, baby. Big let's game, Hunter. Let's, let's go. go. Let's, Let's go. go. Things have Come gone on. sideways for Come Will. Come on, man. He, but he's not been my playing. biggest bet ever at that sort of odd, a 70 to 1 future. I've never been that much on a future before. Let's go. Let's go. He's going to play great. He plays great at major championships. Uh, he's been getting close and getting close and getting close. And why can't this be a breakout win for him? Why can't it be? What, 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 what would be the reason to say? And 30 to 1, I would never say that a golf win Golf outright win is free money, but oh, this is as no. about as close to free money as it gets <laughs> at thirty to one. This is about as close <laughs> we as it gets. We're a team. 
we are a team, and I'm feeling really good about. Why'd you use that word? Because there's a lot of free money out there this week, Jeff, and he's this is one of them. I kind of think they're hanging a number that's way too big for his talent. I mean, the idea that Cam Smith would be twenty eight to one and shorter odds than Will Z is offensive. So the idea Cam that Patrick Cantley would be shorter Smith. odds is offensive. <laughs> I, I don't think that they have the caliber that Zal Torres does in major championships. Now, I think Morikawa is too low, too. I'm not playing him, but that's too high. Him being 30 to 1 is also kind of silly uh, and too long of an odd. But I, I, Will Z at 30 to 1, the, the top 10, which is plus 300, you, that you could etch in granite as free money. I don't see him losing that at all. Uh, I feel really good about Will Z. And uh, he's going to win. It's going to be great. The young guy is going to host, uh, hoist up the Claret Jug on Sunday uh, after he wins by a few strokes. I don't think this is going to be a particularly close open. I think whoever wins is going to win this by four or five strokes. I think somebody's going to get into a particular groove on Friday or Saturday, and it's going to be a runaway. And I think that's going to be Will Z. Jeff? Will Z's about to fall into the ocean and get eaten by the Loch Ness Monster by the time someone's winning this. The tournament. Loch Ness Monster doesn't live in the ocean, Jeff. He <laughs> lives at Loch Ness. Get your Scottish geography right, pal. <laughs> Will Z to miss the cut is plus 250, Jeff. Would that be a hedge for you, Jeff? No, there's, a, there's quite a big... That's not a hedge. <laughs> It could be. It could be. You bet enough. There's only like, <laughs> there's quite a wide margin where you, you get double barreled. I mean, I, I, I feel I better about months. Will Z. I feel better about oh. Will Z at this major than I have felt about any winner in any major the last couple of years. That's the confidence you, I have in Zalatoris this week. I, I, this is a bit. Like you guys no, it's not a bit. I really thought it's not a bit. I've been and saying like, it for th two, three weeks that I really love Zalatoris. And then it's like, oh shit. Feinberg's like playing with the bit. He's like cheering him on. He like have. wants to be to power the curse this week. Let's and then if someone is in it, Tim's earpiece. Say free money. Say free money. No, it's not just this. There's other free money all over this board this week. Well, we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Did you know, Jeff? This is my second bet that is in for the week so far. Zalatoris Rom Mito to miss the cut parlay thirty three to one. That's pays what the Willie Z win pays. I mean, basically, I could show you that gif of Granny throwing money into her oven furnace because that's what you're doing by betting that missed the cut. Those three guys are not missing. All of them. It's not happening. So those three guys are going to all be in your DraftKings lineup? Of course they will be. All right. Well, you should hit the description and play in the Listener's League, by the way. That is rake-free money you could get your hands on now that you guaranteed have three people through the cut. You just need to find three other guys and... You're going to be oh, off well, to the races. Lots, there's lots of people there. Okay. There's... Well, I, I want to hear about these free money plays before anything. There's more free money on this board, you're saying? Yes. Tiger Woods top 20 is free money. I had a dream last night. Oh, God. That he was the first round leader. I think he's got... I don't know that he's got it for four rounds to, like, stay at the top and in contention. But I think for one round, at a course he loves probably more than any other course... In what is potentially the last time he ever plays the old course, at least at a semi-top tier level, I think Tiger is going to throw everything in his power into this week. They skipped the U.S. Open in part so he could be as fresh as humanly possible for this tournament. And I don't think he disappoints us. I think he plays really well on Thursday. And I think, uh, yeah, top 20. I, I like, I really, really like him at plus 225 as a top 20 player this week. I mean, he, he's, he, 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 he should 
he knows where not to hit the golf ball better than anybody in this field on this uh, uh, on this course. And I trust that knowledge a lot. 75 to 1 to be first round leader for Mr. Eldrick Woods, Jeff. And Cus brings up a point here. He skips the U.S. Open. So I think that he's just always going to skip the U.S. Open because I don't think that in his current state and moving forward, he has a chance at how the USGA sets up the U.S. Open. That's just not good for him if he doesn't hit every single fairway. That just screams back injury moving forward. But he's been playing a ton of golf here over the past week. He played in the Pro-Am. He's been playing with Rory. He's playing in this weird thing at St. Andrews as a part of a former Champions Team event that's going on. He's playing practice rounds at St. Andrews. He's playing a ton of golf right now. Yeah, Tim, t- like they're, they're playing only four holes today. Is that egregious? Not for a made-up sort of congratulations on the 150th anniversary. No, that so doesn't what, what, I mean, what do you call like taking your kid out or like just, you know, like not every like it's not made up like any time you play golf? Well, just if you're asking me if I have a problem with this little thing, no, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, the course has to be kept in as good a condition as possible because it's about to host the Open. So you don't want people out there playing 18 holes on it and, and ripping it up. So I, I, it's I certainly like nine people it. and there's practice rounds everywhere. But, oh, yeah, but okay. let the I'm practice saying, rounds be the ones doing holes it. And no, it's not. Like- Anyone no, I, not playing 18 under any circumstance normally to you? Is well, not. 18 or 9. Like, I prefer people play yeah. 18 or 9. Yeah, that's, well, they're, they're I'm, five I'm right short. about that. And you know why? Because this course was the, the home of golf, invented the way the, the game is supposed to be played structurally. But anyway. All right, well, well let's, let's, uh, hear, let's hear some more free money here. I, I, we got Tiger first round leader, top 20. What else? I, I just think that Tiger to make the cut is probably a good bet. Oh, yeah, I think that's – well, obviously, I, I strongly agree. Uh, Mickelson to miss the cut. Done. Finished. Goodbye. Get out of here. No chance. Uh, he's not. Ma- he's not making the cut here. He is gonna be gone. So you can throw him out. He's got no opportunity. That's free money. What well, else do well, I- how are you feeling about Phil these days? Ambivalent. I mean, why is he skipping this Champions Dinner? I think it's sort of to be in solidarity with Greg Norman. He's sort of set- situating himself as second in command to Greg Norman on this tour and perhaps the heir apparent to Greg Norman uh, when Greg Norman leaves the scene or is asked to leave because he's terrible at PR and doesn't know how to put a word right. Uh, Very ambivalent. I'm not cheering against Phil, but I'm not cheering for him anymore. Just is what it is. Uh, I don't wish him ill and I don't wish him well. And it's annoying to see Mac like this. There's no good reason not to go to that champion's dinner, but if that's the way he wishes to behave, like then then go ahead, behave like that. Enjoy yourself. What about Louie? I feel the same way about Louie. I'm not rooting for him. not rooting against him. Uh, people say this is a good course for him. It is, but they haven't played here in seven years. Like, really? He won here 12 or what did he win here, what, 12 years ago? And then he played well here seven years ago. And I'm supposed to believe that all of a sudden, Louis, you know what? Louie's missing the cut this week. Throw him out. Get rid of him. Louie's missing the cut, too. Get rid of him. I, got nothing to do. Oh, I want nothing to do with him this week. Uh, so that's, I, I guess that you can add that to the free money list. Uh, let's I like see. how you said some people say he's played well here before. Well, it's like as, <laughs> these are the same people who talk about the importance of sample size. And I'm here to say, well, there's basically a sample size of two. Uh, and, I, and one of them is like broken up over five days and it's impossible to figure it. But of course, that is holy writ and we have to believe it. So how dare I question that? Uh, what are some other ones that I have circled here as free money? Uh, in the top 40 category, 
which is something that I, you know, I don't know how people are even looking at that, but in the top 40, I really, really, really think that Minwoo Lee is a good bet for top 40 here at the Open Championship. Now, I like the now, top 40 now, now, Why are you mocking Now, now hold on, mean? hold on. Are you sure it's Minwoo Lee you're talking about? Because last time you talked about Minwoo Lee, you thought it was Mito Pereira. Yes, but you know what? That led me to do some research on Minwoo Lee and then to realize, actually, I do really like him here to, to be top 40 at St. Andrews. So we're going with him. He is free money. They they aren't offering at least as of Monday morning the hole in one bet, probably because there's only two hole uh, only two par threes at the old course. But there are some drivable par fours on light days. You know, you can make a hole in one that way. The answer is no to that question. If that ever that that bet is available, you should bet against it. Uh, there, there no uh, there there is a market for that right now. No is minus one forty. Yes is even money. Oh, it has just come up. It wasn't up earlier today. I'm seeing it now. Plus 120, minus 155 for no. We want to play minus 155 for no. Uh, that's that's the way to do this. The other one that I really loved, and I actually think it is free money, is the winning margin of four strokes or more. It's plus 350. Uh, that's it? We have seen that. That is it? Yeah, it's only plus 350? To win by four strokes or more? Yeah, it's a lot Very of strokes to win by. It, it is a lot of strokes to win by, but I think we're going to see that. I don't think we're going to see a particularly close championship. And so whatever, right? If I think it's going to happen and I'm getting seven to two on it, I'm going to take it. So give me I that. I hope it's at least two guys. You know, like at least with Stenson and Phil, two guys were breaking the place, but it was two guys and it was fantastic. Um, I don't need winning score won't necessarily make the tournament not entertaining. Uh, I agree. But I hope you're raw. That would suck. That'd suck. That'd suck. Oh, it's like so fun, but Scottish is a good barometer for timing, right, Pat? It looked like Xander was finishing up at three Eastern yesterday. Yeah, it, is... it's going to be a little bit different because, as Tim stated, there's no split tees. Everyone's going to go off. I guess on the weekend that will end up being the case. Yeah. I would say by yeah three thirty four Eastern, this will be over. And what's our cut rules here? Top seventy and within ten is a top seventy, top sixty. What's our rules here? Top sixty five and ties. Okay, just like a PGA regular PGA. No, I bet. Okay. Yeah. That's so that it. was the free. So that was my free money. Yeah. Oh, you have more. Well, that was my free money. I feel good about other things, but I don't know if I, I particularly would put it free money. You talk about DraftKings teams and like <laughs> players that you want to put on DraftKings. Got an if edge I'm, on these. These aren't free I'm, money, but these are Tim's edge. Okay. Well, just my edge is I'm going to take long guys who hit the ball really, really long and hope that they fluke into a putting week. So someone like Luke List will be on my team. Uh, I, I have to, I have to ask you. He's he's two hundred and fifty to one right now. So you're you're in on Luke List. I'm in on Luke List to put on my DraftKings team as somebody who I'm gonna if I'm putting Zalatoris and I'm putting Rom and, and I'm putting Mito on my DraftKings team. I'm probably going to have to plumb the depths for a cheaper player or, or two. And so I'm gonna say that List is one of them. Because, again, I like the fact that he hits the ball long here. The ball will roll out. I just am betting on him sort of catching lightning in a bottle vis-a-vis -vis the way he did at Beth Page Black. And he can putt well enough to, to survive, to, 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 be, to be decent. That, that's sort of the, the, the logic that I'm presenting here. And I also like want a Woodland Week. Yeah, and I want one old-timer. I talked about earlier how I thought it was important that, to know the contours of this course and where to hit and where to play well. And if you're trying to win it, try to think, who, who's that random older person that might do really well? I'm going to take Ernie Els. I'm going to put Ernie Els on my team. Big Ern? I'm going to put Big Ern on my team. I just have a gut feeling, 
And we see this all the time, by the way, at major champ at, at opens where older guys who are completely done for play respectably uh, enough to make the cut. I think Ernie's going to make the cut, and I think Ernie's an interesting little switch on your team. So I'm going to play him. Does Ernie, Paul Casey count in the old guy market? Not, that, not quite. Like if you said John Daly or Calcavecchia, I'd say yes, but uh, no. Why not Harrington? Harrington makes a lot of sense too. If you wanted to go Harrington, I wouldn't object to that. I mean, he played marvelously at uh, at uh, Kiowa Island. So, I mean, sure. And he just won the U.S. Sonora Open. Sure. But then that means that maybe he'll actually be kind of popular. I don't know how popular that Patty Harrington is going to be at age 50. Well, I mean, I, I by, the, by the way, the argument that you just constructed, I could see a reason that you might switch on him. Uh, so I, anyway. I, I will throw it out, but... We don't usually see the old-timey guys at St. Andrews as much as we do at some of the other courses. Okay, I'm trying to think what year it was. Maybe it was 2010 where Daly had a crazy first round. and was like yeah, the first-round leader that, that, or like tied for second. Listen, this guy, I mean, Daly had a pretty good PGA championship this year for... Birdied the first hole. Yeah, for like 18 holes. <laughs> he did. He did. <laughs> and then he was not so good after that. Or was it what, what year was it at St Andrews where Thomas Bjorn played fantastic? Pod's been a beast though. Like Podrig is, if Podrig won, you'd make those like Phil connectors. Like didn't he just win a big seniors event and he just he's great and his swing speed is so video Podrig swing speed at the moment. You guys are talking me into Podrig Harrington here. Oh God, I didn't mean to do that. I kind of like I kind of like you're kind of talking me. I mean, this guy did win has won three major championships. How did Ernie Els win his fourth? He won his fourth Adam by Scott Adam Scott by him playing. Did the, did the world cut out on Cust? Hmm. I had money on Scott. I blacked out after that. We have to wait for Tim to log back in. I, I'm here. Oh, the play here, oh. boys. Oh, oh I, 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 back. you're back. We, we lost you. We lost you for a second. Oh, okay. Well, my point was that the way. Herring, of Harrington W, like Jeff described, would work just like at Royal Lytham and St. Anne's, where you just play steady golf for three days, have a, a, a solid run in, on the back nine on Sunday, and then carnage happens in front of you. I mean, in uh, fairness, you're actually, like, really you, talking me into Harrington. But you have to remember, like, even when Ernie Els won that open, he was like 42 or something like that. He wasn't. Yeah, but what were his odds before that championship? What was he, like 150 to 1 to win, no, maybe? No, 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 no. Like, he still wasn't bad at the time. Let's see here. What were his odds the year that he won? Uh, Ernie Els was 80 to 1. Okay. So that's still shorter than I would have guessed. Like, Darren Clark is the one whose odds were, like, outrageous. And then Ustazen had to have been long, too. Uh, Usti was 100, I think. Maybe 200. But that, yeah, that was that was from. I mean, he was the 55th ranked player in the world the year that he won the Open Championship. It just, yeah, we weren't big on like researching other tours back then. Like, unless you were big on the Sunshine I wasn't, Tour, I never heard of him. Yeah, I remember I. that was. Yeah, like I, how old would I have? I wasn't knowing. Yeah, if a Euro was just sneaking up in the same way, if I was that age, I might not even have heard of Danny Willett. Like, yeah. if I was the age I was when when Louis won. Um, that was the first know. time. One fifty to one. Let's see, those are interesting odds. For I remember who? Louis had his red dot. He said Ernie told me to oh, when he got off to his big lead, and then Ernie told him to put a red dot on his glove, which would just tell him to like slow down, calm down, just before every every shot. Well, Tim, you got anything else for us? 
Uh, no, that's what I've got for you guys. I'm looking forward to listening to the show and watching the Open Championship. And like as Jeff always says, here in Canada, we get serviced with good television for sporting events. So I suspect I'll get to see a ton of this championship, and I am looking very much forward to it. Uh, and I hope I'm wrong. I hope it's not a runaway, but I, I kind of feel like it's going to be. Well, I got one. I, I got I got one thing for Tim before we get out of here, Jeff. Oh yeah, you know it, right? <laughs> I don't know why we have to talk about this at all. Well, I mean, it, it, it's relevant. It's not golf relevant, mind you. <laughs> don't know that it's relevant, but I think it's quite relevant to this show in particular with the three of us. If people are unaware. Zach Wilson's ex-girlfriend is apparently dating his old roommate. So he got cucked by his roommate at this point. But, Jeff, it also came out that Zach Wilson has slept with his mom's best friend. This is... I'm starting to dig Zach Wilson here. Zach Wilson's getting some serious street cred that Tim, I think, is appreciating how much... I think he's enjoying the Zach Wilson love fest, regardless of for any reason. So, I well, think yeah, I mean, about this, it's funny. It was the quarterback before Zach that got mono that everybody laughed at. Uh, well, I don't know. You uh, you compared uh, you compared him to Joe Namath in our text thread. I would say the key difference here is Joe Namath. Joe Namath was out banging supermodels. Zach Wilson is going to Mormon Bible study and banging like the moms who were fifty. My opinion is, is that I have no opinion on how what, what Zach wants to do. Uh, you know, it seems like his teammates were supporting him online yesterday, which was great to see. The whole it, league was supporting it him. It seems online. like people were very sympathetic. Uh, I, like Jeff said, uh, I sort of don't care what type of positive attention Zach gets, as long as it's I'm like a four year old who doesn't care what kind of attention he gets, good or bad. He just wants the attention. Uh, in the same way, I kind of don't care what kind of credit Zach gets, as long as it's, he's getting good credit. So, uh, look, who knows what's what's right or wrong, what happened. I'm not entering into that foray whatsoever. Just to say that I hope it's not a distraction for Zach, and I expect really big things. Like I'm cheering for a team who isn't everybody's automatic pick to go to the AFC Championship, uh, like some people. So I'm really looking forward to... Uh... <laughs> Every time you've said something something this off season something like good has happened to the chargers and let the people know like who is going to be the most disappointing team don't like oh, I, mean, I mean it's obvious the chargers are going to be a very disappointing team in, in, in the most stacked division we've probably ever seen in our lifetime yeah. uh they have a much better opportunity of finishing dead last than they do finishing first it, so i have a bet with somebody already that the chiefs are going to win the division and i gave them the field i feel bad about that because oakland no, I don't, and uh, and denver have a real shot but i'm really scared about i'm really scared, I'm really scared about this. staley about staley masterminding his way through the most difficult division maybe in nfl history that his uh you know his craftiness is going to be able to coach that team through yeah, good luck you know, if if people stay healthy, which they won't, because they never Listen. do on that defense. Uh, oh, well, Cleo Mack will be healthy the whole year. Okay, sure, that's fine. Oh, but Joey Bosa will play every game. Well, that's fine. Oh, Derwin James, who you know, he's in a make or break season. Where you know, can they even extend him next year if he plays six games? I uh, am probably going to, not. I am good going luck. To good luck you. with that dysfunction. Like one of those freaking tigers on Siegfried and Roy. <laughs> I, I'm going to maul you. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to maul you. Like, Why? At some point. Dude, don't this worry. Is, this, yeah, is this, good, this is a great payback for the, the Will Z curse. Now you have like a No, great I mean like when it all coming. doesn't happen as you say, like 
I'm going to maul him. Really? Because when I said really good things about them two or three years ago, you were us apoplectic and furious at me. Don't worry about it. Don't now worry I'm expressing about it. my view, which is that this, this is the road. most, the most overrated this. team in the NFL perhaps we have seen in a very long time. Let's just pencil in a team that's been to zero playoff games, a team so incompetent that they couldn't even manage a tie. The other team is trying to give them uh, to get into the I'm playoffs. Not. A coach who doesn't know what he's doing and I is overmatched for here. Stop well, I'm just right you, know, you, you, you cheer Stop for. It. I mean, I just, it's shocking how overrated a team that hasn't been to the has been to the playoffs once in the last what ten years or something, and like is <laughs> just feeding him these notes. I'm not feeding Stop notes. But what am I saying that's not true? Like this Chargers hey, team, everyone's yeah, like, oh, they should it. be. Let's go. Yeah, Herbert's a top five player to be MVP. Like top five, he's, t- he's like, top four to finish top four in his his own co- his own division in terms of quarterbacks. Like I, I don't understand the Charger love. You brought up the Jets. That's fine. We can make fun of the Jets. I didn't bring up the Jets. I brought up your quarterback and his mom and her friend. Okay. okay? And I know. Bad. Listen. You love a good milf hunter. You're out there on your mall walks with these ladies. You're in your aqua fit swim class. Gentle so you aqua appreciate fit. a good milf hunter. We know Gentle that. Gentle aqua fit. Look, my stance is is clear on this. You're boring you, our English fans who don't give a shit. Jeff, okay. Jeff, you, I, oh, Jeff, Jeff, you have tears of joy in your eyes right now. No, he's just annoying me, and I want to do our golf show. <laughs> All right, we'll let Tim get out of here, but I think that Justin Herbert does have to one-up Zach Wilson and maybe in honor of the Open Championship, Herbert can fuck the queen or something like that. I don't know. Oh, my goodness. Dude, Herbert just stays home. He's so chill. Like, we're fine. <laughs> we're, we're, we're so – we are so money. Everything's going to work out. Uh, when you're really like good. 31st ranked defense, you've got to maybe do some silly things. Maybe they maybe should hire a coach a who's a defensive coach. Oh, wait, they already did that, and it didn't work. Did good luck, though. Good luck, though. They have, a, they have the worst. <laughs> we're going to be we're gonna be amazing. Good luck, though. Good luck. Well, oh, we're going to run through you. We're storming. Oh, we're going to be luck. a wagon. Yeah, good luck. Certified. Well, we're, we're going to cut Tim off the line right now. If you want to see I'll bet more. You the, I'll bet you the lease to your Kia on the season. You'll bet me what? Oh, uh, uh, your, your car lease. Your I, car. I don't lease a car. I purchase All right. a car. All right. Whatever. whatever. Uh, never mind. Your car's not even worth as much as I'd want to bet anyway. Oh, well, well, well. <laughs> My goodness. Okay. Jeff from his ivory tower. If you want to hear wow. more from Tim, check out Thursday show. If we get to the 200 new Apple or Spotify audio review. So go do that right now. Kenny Kim's going to be on the show for a brand new edition of Cust Corner starring... Tim Undergust. Tim Undergust. And yes, that is his name, regardless of what he may say. Let's get into this, Jeff. 150th open. We got some bets on I wasn't the go. Ready for that. What? He put me on a. I don't know. Tim, I guess, just got me. Like he literally got me. Well, that, that that happens, doesn't it? That, that's what he's here for. I wasn't prepared for that. Like, I wasn't pre- for, prepared for him to throw knives. And it's been so long since I passionately, like, talked football that, like, I was so 
I don't know. Tim, what one Tim Feinberg zero, I guess, for keeping score. Okay, well, Ooh. once again, play in the Listener's League and smash the like button to the episode. Do those ratings and review. I want to start with the trends in the weather first. How much do you care about you know, eight of the past nine years, nine of the past 10 years, 12 of the past 13 years, those type of trends coming into it when actually making your bets? Because I do and I don't in a weird way. The only one that I really like that I do think actually makes a lot of logical sense is the guys either have a win in their six starts coming in or three top tens coming in. That's happened every year since Ernie Els won in 2012. And now Ernie Els is cursed. So maybe that means it's most definitely going to happen or it doesn't happen. Like when it doesn't happen, you're like, oh, yeah, of course, it's a stupid trend. Who cares? But it keeps going back to that. Like the ancillary trends, like whatever. Like I, I don't really care. But the recent form coming in has been a very strong indicator. Which ones would you consider like ancillary? The Augusta link or like the um, the win in the season? Uh, like what would you consider ancillary? Because there are so many trends. It's almost St. Andrews almost allows a um, like Augusta. I don't want to say Augusta like, but like at no other major other than the Masters do we get this level of like a, a trend lead in, if that makes any sense. I, I guess so. Like I, I like I said, the top tens, the three top tens in the past six starts, that's been hugely in influential to all of this. Uh, but like the Augusta crossover, I mean, the best guys tend to win at St. Andrews and the best guys tend to win at Augusta National. Like if Tiger has won twice and Jack has won twice and Seve has won and Faldo has won, like outside of Zach Johnson, what does that really tell us? That the best player in the world won at St. Andrews? Like, sure, that that makes sense. You're totally right about that. The craziest part about the Augusta link is that the only person when they won at St. Andrews didn't have the Augusta link was Louie, who then subsequently went on to have multiple great uh, Augusta runs. So I guess there is something there. But like you, it to me is about that current form trend. And as we realize or notice how ultra competitive not to say the tour's always been ultra competitive, but how hard it is to win these majors, how how strong a field like this is, it seems like finding form for this event is is not very possible. And even to that great research show you did with Bamford, um, there's tons of great research content that you and and him also put out. He even mentioned the the trend of the guys that are winning the majors now are also consistently seeming like playing great in, in a season major in the previous major, essentially like they're all top tening in the majors that they had a month ago and the majors are stacked and we're having more players play leading into majors that I guess everything makes sense, but to bet on someone to like find the form that's a big ask, and I guess that's why I'm like you're seeing Hovland balloon over 60 at this moment in time, right? Yeah, before Morikawa last year, uh, I think uh, until you got to, geez, it's been a while since anyone without having played in at least four Open Championships actually won the Open Championship. So there is that little bit of experience. Unless you count Colin Morikawa, then that trend doesn't make any sense. Uh, basically, since going back to Patty Harrington when he won back-to-back, no open champion, championship golfer of the year, had finished better than T30 the year before at the British Open. Most of them actually had missed the cut the year before. So, like, there's just weird stuff like that coming in that I, I wrote about it in, like, the 
like weird trends just to narrow it down to one guy. Spoiler alert, the one guy that fits every single trend is actually Rory McIlroy this week, who, you know, he has a chance at redemption. Didn't get to play in the 2015 Open Championship because he had the injury. Came inside the top five in 2010 as a youngster. And everything just kind of points to Rory this week. But I think if we just kind of leave the trends aside, we have one big problem at the top of the board. What do we do with Xander, man? A certain book that does boosts, Pat, when he won the Travelers, they boosted him to 33 for the Open. After he won the Travelers, essentially saying, you think he can do that again? Or, like, you think he can do it at a special? We're daring you. Like, they dared you to take it. And a lot of people, it's good for them. Good for them to be sitting on those. I don't know. He's a wagon. He's talented. There are a lot of people around him that always said, just wait, watch out when his damn breaks. We, we've seen it with a lot of guys in their lead in form. And say, what, just... what, why, why is Xander at the moment? Because this was something stupid that we did when we were assessing Scotty Scheffler at the Masters and just decided to disregard him because we didn't like what the price is. Like DraftKings Sportsbook has him at 12 to 1 right now. Best on market I can find is 17 to 1 on Xander. And I believe that's the same number that he ended up going off at best of market for, uh, that Scheffler did, best of market at the Masters. Like, I don't know if I'm going to get there because I lose golf bets all the time by not betting the obvious guy who probably should win. Why isn't that Xander? I mean, it's... It's a higher ceiling player who feels like he's coming in on the like Molinari wagon into the open championship. And he, he's got all the, the major uh, prerequisites, I guess. Um, I keep thinking about the fact that I, even though it was a joke, like I was joking and I believed in my bet for Xander to win the U.S. Open. I think like 28 or 30 to 1. I made a video mocking like the phil mickelson press conference but i was like apologizing for people who follow me that i'm betting xander to win the u.s open like that's where the gig went um i don't know what to do now if i bet this it makes it a lot less fun like you could all like there's 22s and there's exotics on on thomas and Rom's over 20, like, I don't know. But you watch Xander lag putt, and you're like, holy shit. You watch Xander do... 80 feet to, like, a foot. (laughs) Fuck. Yeah, and even, like, when he had the poor putting round one at the Scottish, you know, it didn't really deter him. He's now becoming that guy that can have a bad round and immediately rally back to get back into everything. I mean, Rory's the other one. Rory right now at DraftKings is 9-1. to What's the best you can get him up to? 11 to 1 is what I'm seeing is the best you can get him at. Is the moment, I don't want to say too big for Rory, but aren't we down this like Rory is obviously the winner of every major when we go into it and then he just doesn't win? Okay, so the golf fan in me would be so happy for Rory. The golf better would lose money if it's (laughs) Rory. But Rory is going to put, I mean, Tim just put me in a pretzel a little bit. For Rory to finish this year and not to, for him, if he can't nip this thing and subsequently nip one this year with the way he played leading into what feels like every major, he's going to maybe be in a mental pretzel this winter. Not to say can't come back from it, um, but so the golf fan in me is rooting for me. The golf better in me doesn't want to touch it, uh, but he feels 
perfect for the moment. You feel like he'll be part of it. But every time I feel like that with Rory, he seemingly finds a way to play himself out of it. One thing that's been big with Rory this year, Pat, is he hasn't played his way out of these things in the first round, which has been like a bugaboo in like at least half the majors every year. Yeah, um, he's, so cur- he's currently suffering from Tommy Fleetwood syndrome and just having bad Saturdays. <laughs> that's another guy. Who's betting him? Who's betting him? Who, Fleetwood? Everyone? Yeah. I don't see him on a single card. His number's in the 30s, you fuck. Give it. That's bullshit. People like me. Yes, correct. So of the top, 30 and below, you got Rory at 9, Xander at 12, Scotty at 14, Thomas at 16, so is Spieth, so is Rom, as Cus pointed out. You have Matthew Fitzpatrick at 18 to 1. Let's actually draw it right there, 20 and below. You can get Justin Thomas at different places above 20 to 24 for win only. And then there was that each way, each way extra that we found that was 33 to one with a top three finish on Justin Thomas. I bet the Justin Thomas 33 to one with the top three places to go along with it. That was my first bet. The issue is with a lot of this stuff and right now the weather looks shockingly good. For St. Andrews. Now, when I checked it yesterday morning, it looked shockingly bad for St. Andrews. So I don't know how invested I want to get with the outrights this early in the week until, and not to say that I'm going to have like my finger on the pulse of how the weather is actually going to play out throughout the week. I mean, I think the best that we can do is what's it going to be like Thursday morning, maybe Thursday afternoon, but try to wait as long as possible. The issue with this Thomas number is it's going to, it was going to go away. It was going to drop to 16 at this other place. It was going to drop to 18, and I wanted to get in on it. So I was initially going to bet the 24 for win only, but I like the 33 and give me a little bit of that top three equity, which isn't the worst. Yeah, so I've been staring at these, what do they call it, like extended each ways? Yeah. Like I've opened that page every week. They've had them for a few months. We've never really actually talked about it. I mean, I did the math, so I guess the win... Like here's hey here I'll, I'll make it very easy. I, I was gonna I also go, I, want a Buzz Pizzola in on the line and and like are those guys laughing at this? Yes, bet or? yes. I, I would say this is probably a hugely minus EV bet. I'm a hugely minus EV better, so it's a- absolutely for someone like me. So the way that I kind of thought about it was once I saw Thomas at 22, I was like, huh. The last time I didn't bet Thomas above 20, he won the Players' Championship, and I felt like an absolute goober. So I see him sitting there. He fits every trend line that I want. I think that although his, his the big bugaboo about JT is how poorly he's played at the Open Championship over the years. But I do think that St. Andrews is really a completely different course than you see in the rest of the Rota, for one. And he comes in playing about as well as you want. And when you look at what he does well, it's perfect for St. Andrews. Like, he's great from 125 in. He can play a bump and run. He can get hot with the putter like the putter is really the big thing on these slow greens generally speaking he doesn't putt very well but JT usually putts really poorly but some weeks he doesn't and the weeks that he doesn't he wins major championships big events he wins enough of these and you're getting this bigger number on him like is he really three times less likely to win than Rory no would be the answer so in terms of the each way I was gonna put I, I got it up to 24 on like the extended win. So I was going to put a hundred bucks on that to win 2,400 bucks. And then I looked at the 33 to one with the top three, it's one fifth the payout on the 33. So in order to get the same payout on that, I had to bet 120 instead of 100. But I do get 
you know, I make a decent amount off of it. I'll cover my bets for the week, essentially, if he ends up coming inside the top three, which is a pretty likely outcome for Justin Thomas. If he's in the mix, it doesn't mean he's necessarily going to win, but I do trust that he would come inside the top three if he's somehow inside one of the two final groups. So it gives me a little bit there for the extra for the extra $20. It's a bit of peace of mind, but that's the reason that it's the minus okay. EV bet so is, it, it, is it ca- that they're, they're making you invest more money for the same payout. And what does any good sports book want you to do? invest more money into the sports book yeah so that was sort of my thought like they're really just suckering like a double bet from me even though it's kind of swaying how i'm totally betting it they're sort of force feeding me they're giving me a better odd but it's like the grocery store it's like a a two for like he's 22 to one now he's 33 but i gotta like you know like is the two for one like the value of it like i don't need to but i'm gonna buy it anyway because they're giving me this deal and is it a deal is it not a deal but i like you pat and i don't like um and i get like you're a professional gambler like everything matters i i just love golf we do this we have fun uh, I, 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 I would like to say, I, I don't think you meant to say it, but I think that you kind of implied that I'm a professional gambler, which I am not. No, not I, didn't. I, I, it, it, I didn't. It, 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 it sounded like, that way when you said it. <laughs> I don't mind like for peace of mind to throw an extra 20 on something um, like that doesn't bother me. I know the professional gamblers like everything is um, a hard line, but it, yeah, registered. Uh, yeah, so I, I don't know. But then to have that conversation on this one specifically, Pat, just tell me why, like, if I'm considering potentially, like, betting hypothetically, just throwing a name at, like, Hideki Matsuyama at, like, 50, 55 to 1, then why would I not do the same thing at his 80 to 1? Like, why would you not want to do this with all of your bets, in a sense? You could do that with all of your bets. Now, it depends on the placement points you want to get. Like, if you're down in the 50, 60 area, like, is it more valuable? If you do want it each way, maybe the each way is just a sucker bet anyway. But you would get your eight places instead of your three places on it. But, you know, I, I don't... At that point, if you're, like, if, if you're not concerned about the top three and getting some money back and, like, having a win if someone comes in second place, then you're better off just taking the enhanced win and betting it all on the win. Okay, yeah, so that was my thinking, because I really don't, like, I don't care to, like, nibble for a free week. Like, that's a nice thing. If the week ends and it ends up being free, that's, like, great. I'm just, I bet outright bets to hit the scores. But again, I don't know. They put that 33 on JT, and you can do this with anybody. You like JT. I like the case for JT. It's all about that. You know, you, I, I'm easily settled once you sort of have that conversation of that 100, 120 yard shot that seems to be so much more prevalent than, say, at a other major championships where it's that long iron guy you want to fawn. You want to totally fawn over. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. I could join you on this. I could not. I think I do like betting JT. I'm more there with JT than might regret it like i see why everyone wants to bet spieth but i don't know 
I, I was staring at the Spieth 22s last week. It's now down to 16 to 1, although he had the blow up hole at the Scottish. I mean, there's a reason that I bet Spieth last week. You got him at 40 to 1 against a weaker field on a course that I think would suit his eye. It did suit his eye. He didn't play well on Sunday. Happens. Uh, I think that St. Andrews will most definitely suit his eye. Obviously, he missed a putt to join the playoff in his first appearance here in 2015. Never finished worse than 30th at an open championship. I'm good with passing on the outright for Jordan Spieth. Uh, he's going to be locked into my DraftKings lineups at $10,000. That's for sure. I like him a lot here. But at the same time, if I can get Thomas at a better number, then I'm going to take Thomas instead of Spieth. Simple as that. Zach was like 35 to 1 on the Monday morning. He was eight, got. And he was 80 to 1 uh, pre tournament. So, and the, it's weird because the Open has like the highest. When you look at all of the majors and look at official world golf rankings, like most of the time, the average world golf ranking for the Masters, or U.S. Open, and the PGA Championship are like 9 to 15 is like where your average one is going to be. You'll get an outlier, but the outlier is like 27th in the world. At the Open, it's like 39 or something. Like You could see a crazy guy end up winning like Louis did here in 2010. Even Zach Johnson from much farther down the board. I think that the Open Championship and the elements – that potentially come into play, which you really can't predict, really foster how you can get guys down the board a little bit more. So I'm not necessarily in love. I mean, I obviously think that the guys at the very top of the board and the books agree, probabilities agree, everyone agrees when you talk to them, these guys have the best chance. I think that I'm more interested in the 20 to 1 and beyond, though. Like outside of Thomas, who I got up to 33, I think I'm good there. Scheffler would actually be the second one on my list. Yeah, and I expect he'll be incredibly low owned and almost like a fade prospect. Um, in 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 a in, I mean I, I'm certain probably in terms of like money that's going to be bet on him, in ownership and sort of side games. So that's one to really keep an eye on, Pat. But uh, to piggyback on your point, this is the hardest major to cap, in the sense that the Masters field small, seems easier. The U.S. Open and the PGA. Yeah, they'll give you a wild card, but it just seems like the the courses that they pick, uh, just based on what they ask of the players, uh, you know, creates a finite list. That Brooks Kepka list. This one, yeah, you just feel like I've I a harder time putting red ink through guys that would be instant red ink on on anybody. It does bring wild card totally into play, and if the course does play easy. You know, I don't wouldn't be shocked if any, like your your Kevin Kisner player profiles get right into this thing if they're if they're on. Kevin Kisner, interesting. A guy I believe it was the year Molinari won at what was that Carnoustie that he ended up, I think, inside the top five. It was like Xander, Spieth, Molinari, Kisner down the stretch. Anyway, do you want to make a bull case for Matthew Fitzpatrick or any of John Rom, I mean, John Rom very Andercurse now. That's never great news. Tim's one and done. But I think for me, it's it's Thomas. I've made that bet. I'm thinking about Scheffler, but I think I like enough guys in the next tier that that's probably where I'll end up. Yeah, so I uh, for me, it's sort of coming down to Thomas and um, Rom, Pat. Well, that's an easy where... choice for you then. <laughs> I guess I do like both of them. I have one pre-tournament bet. It's Will Zalator 70. And also have a Will Zalatoris 54. So I'm ride or die Will Zalatoris on the curse train. But, um, yeah, you mentioned the, the the 24 on JT, or I can join you on that that fancier one. 
There's 20s out there on ROM. That's where I anticipate starting my card. But like you, I'm I'm attracted to to a lot of things uh, a bit ahead, and I'll probably end up picking one of those two real big names. Our next partner has a product that not only I, but my wife as well, uses every single day. I started taking Athletic Greens because... I was feeling slow in the morning. I wasn't sleeping well, and I wasn't recovering from working out as quickly as I wanted to because, spoiler alert, I'm actually getting old, and it kind of sucks. But since I started taking Athletic Greens, it's optimized my immune system, and I have better gut health, which means I have more energy. I'm working out longer, and I'm recovering faster. And because I'm working out better and recovering faster, I'm sleeping better at night. I have more energy in the mornings. And the big thing that I was going through was, what do I eat in the mornings? Do I want to really sit down and have bacon and eggs every single day? I mean, yeah, I do. But it turned out by like 11 o'clock that I didn't feel all that great anymore. So mixing in Athletic Greens right when I wake up, make sure that I get the nutrients that I need. I don't need to take a bunch of vitamins every single day. I get my probiotics. Keeps me regular. And I feel great all day long. And you will too with Athletic Greens. And it's lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, Athletic Greens is going to be for you. It supports mental health and clarity. And AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day just to take care of yourself. It's not like you're buying 800 sets of different vitamins. You have to have this combination and this combination to get this and get that. No, just take Athletic Greens and it costs you less than $3 a day. You're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your vitamin and your cold brew habit. And right now is the time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash mayo. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash mayo to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I recently received my Helix mattress in the mail. Came in a big box, and I've had it for probably about a month now. Super comfortable. Super easy to unbox, too. Kind of fun. And put it into the spare room, and I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to go try this out. Went and tried it out. Talked it over with my wife. Swap beds! Helix, now the main source of what Mayo's laying on at the household over here right now. Helix Sleep has a quiz that takes just two minutes to complete and matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Why would you buy a mattress made for someone else? With Helix, you get your mattress that you know will be perfect for you when you sleep. I took the Helix quiz, and I was matched with the model of my choice because you know, it cooled me down during the night. I like it, you know, I don't like it too firm, I don't like it too soft, and all of a sudden, a mattress shows up that is tailored completely to me. I really love it. It's soft, but it's still really supportive. My wife all in on it too. So if you're looking for a mattress, you take the quiz, you order the mattress that you're matched with, and the mattress comes right to your door, shipped for free. You don't ever need to go to a mattress store. Again, it's that easy. Just go to helixsleep.com slash mayo. Take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that'll give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it, but you will. Helix even has financing options and flexible payment plans, so a great night's sleep is never actually all that far away. 
Helix Sleep is also offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for all our listeners at helixsleep.com slash mayo. So 20 to 50 on the betting board, uh, starting at 20, you got Cantlay. Then it goes into Lowry, Cameron Smith, Zalatoris, Morikawa. Zalatoris, Morikawa, both at 30 to 1 right now. Finau at 35. I've seen him as high as 60 at other places. So if you want a Finau number, there's better out there. Tommy Fleetwood, Dustin Johnson, Louie, Hatton, Homa, Burns, Hovland, Brooks, Hideki, Neiman. That's a lot of guys piled into this one price tier, and we have to start scratching people off the list immediately. Uh, I've been kind of on the record now for a few weeks that I really like Louie here. 55 is the best number that I found on him. I don't know how popular he's going to get. I do like that Cus said he was going to miss the cut. I think that I'm going to end up betting Louie regardless. Uh, he's been playing really well on the live tour. If people haven't really taken notice, but I'm going to be on on him. Lowry's really the other one that jumps off the page to me. Him and Cam Smith, who, I mean, Cus just threw shade at Cam Smith, saying he's a significantly worse player than Will Zalatoris, which I kind of chuckled at. But then you have, like, better odds on guys. Like, the Morikawa and Sam Burns numbers, I think, are very generous numbers, both at 30, boosted up to 35 in some spots, and Sam Burns could be boosted up to 50 in some spots. I know that Burns didn't have a great week at the Scottish, and he's never really been on the radar at a major championship but with the way that he's been playing it this year like a 50 on sam burns is pretty juicy yeah i've always sing the praises of sam burns but never seem um to bet him at least pre-tournament wouldn't shock me one bit that's not really one i'm looking at morikawa pat i'm seeing a boost well, there have been boost offerings to 40 Hard to resist, uh, and it doesn't seem like it's going to be that too difficult weather-wise. He could be back in his he could be back in his wheelhouse, being exacting. That's one uh, that can't be ignored. Um, there's there's some real big Cantley numbers out there, Pat. How big? And I I don't I don't know thirty three thirty five. Okay. I mean that's that seems more correct than twenty. I just I don't I can't see that twenty sticking, just because I don't know how DraftKings is going to take action on Cantley at twenty. Yeah, I don't know how they will either. But that's one you could look around and anything that's not a major, his results are simply fantastic. And I'm not one of I don't I don't know I don't really buy in as someone that gets suckered into a lot of Cantley bets. Uh, you know, got suckered into a lot of Xander bets and missed missed the the winners. I like I really like oh. Lowry at this tournament. He had the great run, and then he missed the cut at the num on the number at the U.S. Open. That's unfortunate, but he's having basically the best year of his career right now. What's the In biggest number on him? Uh, I believe the biggest number on him is the thirty at the moment that I can find, and we'll see how that goes throughout the course of the week. He's twenty-two at DraftKings Sportsbook. That's uh, worst in market at the moment, but it's all relative around there. You got some twenty-two, some twenty-fives. There is a thirty that I could potentially go jump on right now. I do think that comes down a little bit, but I was actually quite encouraged with how he played at the Irish. Dude could not make a putt to save his life. Tita Green, absolutely fantastic. And I got some uh, some inside data here from our, our boys at Skyhook DFS, who everyone should go check out. He has all the ownership numbers, and he has some of the weird putting stats and splits, uh, especially lag putting and three-putt stuff 
from St. Andrews anyway. So it includes the 2015 Open Championship and the Alfred Dunhill. Obviously played at a different time of the year, but they do play two rounds here. It's actually the biggest sample that we can get out of all of it. And Lowry, uh, very good in terms of non-three-putt avoidance at St. Andrews over the course of his career. So... I'm going to get to Lowry either way unless he just unless I look on Wednesday and the weather split is just so bad and he is stuck right in the heart of it. I think that Lowry over Cam Smith is going to be my preference from this 20 level. Uh, that was the name I was sort of wondering why we haven't spoken about. It sort of feels like, is it like weird to say less accomplished? Like it's like Jordan Spieth light to a certain aspect you're sort of betting on the same things for for Cameron Smith yeah yeah I would say it's a weird combination of Spieth and Justin Thomas he's Ooh. like he's like the lesser version of both those guys yeah I mean he's probably in fairness he's probably a better player than Spieth overall but in terms of like what they do well it's sort of a weird combination of both okay so so much is made about scrambling this week and i feel like like scrambling stats are so flawed agreed as it pertains pardon i I agree with you i I think that they're completely like so much of scrambling depends on putting for one thing (laughs) okay oh that listen i think it's flawed in general on my week-to-week pga tour or sort of you're saying it's flawed in general on your week-to-week pga tour i think looking at scrambling stats as it pertains to saint andrews like you can get really lost in, in and not to say I'm going to say something really like cheesy that goes against numbers and people like might scoff at it, but you literally have to bet on guys that, you know, can be creative from inside a hundred feet. And, and like the, the perfect conditions these guys get week in week out on these American courses where they're playing and they're scrambling from not say they can't get horrible lies and make the incredible shots that they do. We see it all the time, but it's a completely like just different level of everything here in terms of the skill set that's asked. So I don't know. It's almost like I trust this guy to be creative and good enough inside a hundred feet, regardless of what a scrambling stat says. Also, if anyone's in a bunker, they screwed like our great bunker players, um, like bad bunker players and good bunker players are kind of squished together here or good bunker players can really show themselves, Pat. Like what like what's the vibe on that? I actually don't know. I, I really think a lot of it is lie dependent, to be perfectly honest with you. In these weird pot bunkers, sometimes you get a fine lie, you can get it up and down, but there's a lot put it this way, if you're in a fairway bunker and it's a pot bunker you're just you're gonna have to take your medicine get yourself out and then be good from 100 yards and in like I'd be far more concerned about the 100 yards and in 125 and in than I was for any sort of sand play 100 percent um and that's something that you know in all of what makes you know links golf or a place like this so special which goes which is the antithesis to I feel like all the golf courses we normally watch is bunkers are hazards and that's beautiful that is beautiful. A half stroke penalty for being in a bunker could be a pe- it could be a stroke and a half if you get real cocky in that bunker. That's golf. Anyone familiar with the in- inner workings of the PGA Tour and what they do for courses or places that want to or you know potentially going to host events, pristine bunker is like the second thing on their perfection from bunkers is the like second thing that they demand from anybody putting on a PGA tour event. 
I love seeing bunkers as hazards. It's that's golf. That's golf. So I can't wait for that. Part of it is is all the luck, I guess, around it. But yeah, I don't know. I'm not trying to make a case for Hovland because I don't think there is one. I'm just saying if I'm in a bunker, if he's in a bunker and some great bunker players in a bunker, aren't they both like going to have 14, 18, 25 foot putts? Potentially so, or the the great bunker players can... I, I would say that there's always going to be advantage to the great bunker players unless you're nestled up against the wall because the Justin Thomases and Jordan Spieth of the world are going to be able to get the ball up quickly and land it where they want. Like, they're still able to do that. They might not be able to put it to a foot like they do on the PGA Tour, but there's a big difference in getting it up and down out of the bunker to six feet than it is 28 feet. Or being stuck in the bunker. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So I guess just, I don't know. My last thought for you in this moment for a question is, are you going farther down the board than you would in most majors? Like, are you betting into the potential of a wild card? Are you just like, no, it's oh, a yeah. major championship. Oh yeah. Oh, come on. Okay. I, I got money. I'm to I got Moronk money to lose still pal. Even though I got wiped out last week. Don't you worry about like the losers that I might be betting this week, but you know, I got wiped out last weekend. I took a bath and decided to bet some Canadian football, Pat. How did that not go? go well? Yeah. Shocker. Not well. I, I, the, I, the biggest bet I made this weekend was actually a woodland round three, two ball against Cameron Tringali. Cause I was like, Tringali's not going to make like every single putt all week. And Tringali was beating him until Woodland went birdie birdie on 16 and 17 to finally eke out the wins. I was like, whoo, that was a tough one. And uh prize picks, Pat ended up doing well on the UFC show again. We've done two cards. Boom. Two prize picks, wins for me the first two weeks. I, it's actually a pretty savvy strategy. I listen to Paul and Cody talk because I know nothing. And then I just take what I want, like people do from this show. They hear us go back and forth, and they're like, those are terrible picks. But the information that they're giving us is pretty good. So I'm going to take a nugget of what he said and a nugget of what he said and make my own picks and go through it. And people seem to be somewhat successful at that. I'm doing that for the UFC show at the moment. Sounds great. And it's all. You got to be just part of the stew. Like, this should just be part of your stew. Um, and maybe you use it, the stew, to see what you don't want to do. I hope that's more for Tim and <laughs> you and I are throwing out. But, you know, this season's been its own banana at times. But, yeah, so I need to have that intrinsic belief in your creativity. And that's why um, the three players, at least, that are under 30 to 1, Pat, that have my attention I can get a 20 on Rom, a 24 on Justin, and, and as high a number as I'm looking at on Cam Smith. Those are the players that have that, that I would just, I, I don't know, just trust. Uh, or I believe, yeah, the 100-yard, that weird stuff. What sure. We see Xander doing amazing at the moment. I sure. trust those other guys to, to, I think, do it too. If we're talking pure creativity, like Spieth is number one in that category. I know. Of all these guys. Like, if you're going to make that claim and not mention his name, it's kind of crazy. I would no, not, I, I, I would, I would not include John Rahm as, as a part of that mix. Uh, as, as the over 20 crowd, like, I would throw Scheffler and Fitz above Rahm in that one single category that you're talking about. Yeah, but Rahm, I, I can't get Scheffler at 20. Okay. The other guy 
the elephant in the room and who I am using as my one and done this week. Can I bet him? I have two conundrums here of the other guys that we've been talking about. We'll talk about, uh, like, I'm just not going to get to Homa at 40. Like, I should have bet the 120 when it was available like a month ago. I feel like a moron for not taking that number. I don't know if I'll get to Burns or not. Hatton, I'm just going to cross him off on this list. I probably shouldn't, but I just don't like the 40 to 1. Louis, I'll be in on. Lowry, I'll be in on. DJ is the other one that I'm looking at. Even to go back Let's and talk about it. To even to go back at, and look at what he did at the US Open. I mean, he played really well at the US Open. He was T24, but like he gained all the strokes off the tee. He gained all the strokes on approach. He's been top 10 in both Live Tour events. I mean, it's not nothing. It's better than what anyone did at the John Deere. Coming second at that Live event is more impressive to me than you know JT Post and winning the John Deere Classic. It was against much better players. Obviously, he was the 36-hole leader at this course before weather ruined everything for him. I don't know what happened to him. He like went and got day drunk or something, and that was just the end of DJ. He went 75, 75 once everyone returned to play. But like you can catch a number as high as I think 50 right now, 40 at least. 50. I can't fucking tell you where it is, Jeff. We're doing the DraftKings Sportsbook show. Oh, yeah. So I was just talking to myself. So you, you realize we're right. on microphone, right? I'm 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 loving the DJ tea leaves, Pat. Uh I think he also uh underrated for his ability, like uh, the three putt. Oh, players like DJ and Hideki to me are sort of underrated in their three putt avoidance and their ability to actually be better putters than people perceive them to be but dj specifically almost does what i want here um and i think he 40 to 1 there were 50s i don't know if there still are but um yeah i i'm i'm circling around this dustin he at the moment would be my my live of choice my my live my my, my live of choice would be dustin and i think you should wait on louis pat i am i'm gonna wait on louis and i mean if you have any consideration for any live tour player this week just wait the numbers are gonna get better because they're not gonna draw any action in the betting market Probably for good reason. I mean, the case against all these guys, they're playing on what is considered to be an uncompetitive tour that doesn't have any stakes whatsoever, and now they're getting thrust back into real competition. I think that's a very valid point to make. I just think that Louis, both at this course and how he's actually played, I mean, he has the two top 10s on Liv. He went over and played in Munich. He finished top 10 over there as well after really struggling throughout the first part of the season on the PGA Tour, especially with the putter. And maybe just the decision to move, he knew it was coming that... It was just weighing a lot on his mind. Maybe it's, I mean, it's Louie. He could have been injured for all that we know. And then DJ is just, I mean, he's been playing much better recently. And the fact that he showed up to the U.S. Open and played well, I think is somewhat encouraging. And I do think you'll get better numbers on both those guys. So if it came down to, I don't know, if you had Louie and Homa at the same number and you could only bet one of them, who would you bet? Not anticipating betting um, either either of them, but I lean Louie. I think Louie's going to have a big week. That 8,800 on DraftKings maybe keeps people away uh, from him as well. You mentioned it. His lead-in, it's not even – Louie doesn't normally play, you know, three, month, three events in like five weeks as a lead-in to an event. So <laughs> that might show you how much he – I mean, live schedule be damned, but that might just show you – that's probably a product of live scheduling, but – Hey, I don't know. He's got his reps in as many reps as, as he would have. Uh, if you want to bet any of these guys, it's almost nice to see you keep mentioning DJ's U.S. Open. That twenty third almost feels better when you consider how other live higher end live people 
participants played in that event and you could totally understand that was timed very awkwardly for the live players um for for the obvious reasons and imagine like i don't know like imagine going back to the place you used to work like i'd love to go back into some of those old radio stations where i used to work and like let them know what like some people pay me to do like a 12 minute video today. <laughs> so I can only imagine what it would feel like um, walking back and around your friends from your old job with what someone else is paying you to do the same thing. Right. You just open total washout. I'm, I'm very much here for DJ and his taking a part of St. Andrews. I was ready for it in 15 Pat. I think I'm ready for it again. Uh, I would love a 50. I, I would I would love it, and that'd be great. You're going to get it. Just wait till Wednesday, and you're going to get it. That's the thing. I, I do want to pump the brakes once again. I'll have the final cheat sheet for the bets, and obviously I'll talk this over with Tambo. I misspoke on the DraftKings show. I said it was 10, 15 a.m. Eastern time for the live show on Wednesday morning. It's not. It's 9, 15 a.m. Eastern time. It's 10, 15 a.m. Tambo and I's time when we'll be actually getting together in the studio to do it. So 915, that's when I'll have my final plays and I'll have everything in the final newsletter that comes out Wednesday evening. So hit the description, go subscribe to that now. Cause I do want to see, I do, I don't want to be overly invested in this until I see some sort of non-crazy weather pattern that's going through. Cause I fucked myself enough in a lot of these tournaments where I'm just like, I get so gung ho, so excited to bet on some of these guys and not let the number mature. I don't want to miss that number that I don't have proper context in place when I'm making these bets that I will have two days from now. And if I lose five points and it just tells me that, Hey, that he's in the bad wave, then I don't need to bet the guy, but DJ is very, but you'd rather lose five points and get in the good wave correct and be waved out then be waved dead no i've been saying yeah but guys 50 if i lose eight points if he becomes 45 on a good wave at 42 40 i feel like it's still it's still worth it i kind of made the joke with the i didn't hit jt post and pat but you know there were people that that hit 80s like out of the gate i guess on the post and then there were people that got like 55s and 60s and, and what have you, 50 later. When he won on Sunday, the guys who had were celebrating their 55 to 1 posting tickets were happy. We're like, oh, shit, man, I missed the 70s. No, they were happy as a pig in shit. I completely concur. Absolutely agree. And I do think I like I mean, it's not that I want one of the live guys to win, but I think that this story becomes really compelling if there's a DJ or Louis or fuck. If somehow Reed gets in the mix of this down the stretch, I just think that makes for great TV. Reed is going to be like an auto live bet for me. Auto. Like, yeah, but um, th- 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 you realize that this isn't a live tour event, correct? No, but, but, um, and if this event, like if teeth start to show on a late week weather, like I could easily find myself investing in in patrick reed and on the same live vibe pat if I, the weather showing and i get a vibe that that some golfer's gonna break that like if you think breaking st andrews is in play Bryson. then there's a conversation we're gonna have at 100 to 1 yeah i mean i don't know if i'm going to get there on that front the last guy i do want to talk about here is morikawa and tim basically spelled out the case dude's fucking 30 to 1 and you can get him higher than that at other spots criminal I, I, Imagine the comments I'm not, like I'm, when I'm he not, won last I'm not year. made of stone, Jeff. 
You got, I, do I, it. I, do I, it. It's Seth, just money. But I, I want... Can't put a price on peace of mind. I, I'm in on JT. I'm going to be in on Lowry and Louie and probably DJ. Like, is that my entire card? Just Morikawa? Those, those are my five guys? Listen, Morikawa at 40 for, like, the Morikawa stands. How... You didn't bet him at the U.S. Open, right? I did not, no. And scary. how angry were you? Because there were, like, 30... When he, it looked like... I know he had the horrible Saturday. It's not well, a Saturday. I mean, here's phenomenal. the thing. He was very undercursed at the U.S. Open. This stuff happens when you're undercursed. I guess. I'm just saying you, like, I, like, you had to be like, how did I not just, like, ride my guy at the most fair number yeah. for my guy? Him not playing well just means I get a bigger number, and he has ceiling pop abilities. Like, ugh. I'm going to bet Cam Smith because I think he's like a light version of Jordan Spieth instead of actually betting on Jordan Spieth or just betting on not to obviously can't mark how his game is different, but not taking the enormous Morikawa numbers. Like I'll feel stupid too, but I'm not a Morikawa stan. So I'll feel less stupid, I guess. Let's move to the 50 to 100 range. A lot of names packed in here, but not as many as you would think. You have like Keegan Bradley and Ryan Fox and Keith Mitchell and Justin Rose and Seamus Power. Guys, Tiger Woods is in here. Guys that I like, but I, with the numbers that are being listed right now, I can't see myself getting to any of these guys. I'd rather take a bigger bomb. Maybe. The one that I keep coming back to uh, looking at is Hideki. Um, And I don't know whether this, like I'd look at the, horrible scottish open pat i don't don't and, don't uh, worry about the scottish open yeah and and just be like that was his first like when, if you want to bet a guy you can just it's so easy to be an apologist let me just show you how i do it hideki fourth at the u.s open scottish his first start since the u.s open i'm just happy he played yeah i, I think that's actually a pretty good way to look at it no listen you gotta make these cases for yourself we're outright betters you gotta you know, we think even taking the Brooks Kepka model that 35 guys can win, we've still got to, like, cut off 30, 28, really 29 fantastic golfers. You got to, like, make a process for yourself. But the guys you do want to bet, you got to make a case for. And and in my head, I'm like, I'm just happy you played the Scottish. Well, your Jordan Speedbackers are like, I don't care if he came first, second, fifth, seventh. He showed me enough at the Scottish to know we're full go right now. I'm doing the complete opposite with Hideki is I'm just happy he played. I think the Hideki case makes a ton of sense, but I just told you the guys that I'm in on and I'm probably not going to get there. I did want to bring up Finau. I mean, obviously the 35 to one is no fun, but good open championship history actually fits a lot of the, he has the three, he doesn't have three top tens in his past six starts. It's three top tens in his past seven starts. I'll give him some leeway on that one. But again, I don't know if I want to bet him as an outright winner of this event, but you can find some pretty deep numbers on him. Yeah, I'm staring at a 66 pad. It's, it doesn't come with an each way, not to say I'd make one, but I don't know how to put it. You, you, you you're, If your favorite likes teams in March Madness, you're just going to like, okay, find me the best number and I'll, I'll get some. So I'm not going to resist this. I'm not, I'll lose money. I don't, whatever. It's, it's nothing methodical about it. 66 Tony Finau is a bet I'm going to make. Yeah. Yeah. And like the other ones that are in here right now, like Seamus Power, like, is there any chance that you bet on Tiger to win? No, I'll just cry. I'll enjoy it. I'll take, I'll lose everything. You can blank my sheet. <laughs> Tiger wins the 150th open. I'll thank Ed Harris in the sky and I'll cry with you guys. <laughs> 
Connors, I, I like Connors a lot this week, but that, I, that the issue is there's guys in this range that I like. I don't like their outright betting number. And even if you juiced it up a bit, I don't know how much more I would really like it. Like, I like Seamus Power this week. I like Neiman this week. I like Corey Connors this week. I like Justin Rose this week. But you're going to have to give me, like, at least double to triple these numbers for me to outright bet them to win this tournament when I see the guys that are double and triple their numbers who probably have exactly the same chance of winning. Yeah, I'm not – I don't – disagree with with that like what like these become DraftKings plays for me not bets yeah that that's fair and I mean when you bet sort of how we bet or how it seems like we're betting this week at like 20 to 40 20 to 35 with our names you're gonna miss this range and you're gonna go throw your your, your triple digits or guys sitting right in front of triple digits maybe um, yeah, there's no one here that has my fancy really other than the inflated Finau number that I'm seeing. And I, I really not to harken back to it. I don't know. Like Tommy fleet was the same price as Patrick Cantley on some books. It's the British open. He's British. That only makes a lot of sense. It does. And I'll be honest, even when Fleetwood was as nut low, like his nut low, there were not. There's never like a nice Fleetwood number um, for this week. They always, even Hatton too, they always had it. Even when they played bad, this event was so far down the line that they never bumped it. And as we know, future numbers are really one-way traffic. You just win or come T5 and before major, your number will drop. You come dead last. They're not giving you extra points, I promise you, uh, as we know that. Well, let's move um, to over 100 to 1 then because I got some names. I got some names for you, guys that fit my quali qualifications of who could potentially win this tournament and guys that if they won, I wouldn't be super surprised. Do you follow the trend line? This is one we didn't talk about, that a country hasn't consecutively won the Open Championship since Harrington went back to back. So an American not going to win. No, I'm not following that trend line, but can I ask you a question? Because I've got lost in the numbers. Okay. And at DraftKings, he'd be 65 to 1, but you could bet him at 100. And he was maybe so the most popular pre-tourney bet I saw at the PG at the US Open, self-included. Sung JM? Yeah. I mean, a major coming off being super cursed. That's usually a pretty good sign. And remember, wasn't the case with him like incredible three putt avoidance at the U.S. Open? Wasn't that something that I mean, just bogey avoidance, just, just bogey avoidance in general. General T to green has been really good. He's been bad his last two times out. He missed the cut last week, missed the cut at the U.S. Open. We just haven't seen a lot of him. Like basically, since he's returned from that, either being quarantined for COVID nineteen or having COVID nineteen, he's been bad. Yeah, yeah, two like decent, like, okay, those are nice results out of your little stay away that got us excited pre-US Open, but he hasn't built on that at all, like us who bet him certainly thought, but that also leads to some really inflated numbers. Um, so that's a guy, uh, yeah, but yeah, sorry. I, I, I think that he demands a longer look. I agree with you. He wasn't really on my radar at this point in time as someone I really wanted to go in on, but I mean, I'm seeing him at 80 to one right now. I mean, with eight places that out of all the guys that are, I mean, I'm looking at a site that has Homa 60, Rose 70, M 80, Connors 90. Like, I like Connors objectively. I like Seamus Power objectively. He's 100 to 1 on this site. Ryan Fox, I think, is fine. But, like, 
in terms of pure value for who I think can win from this range, like I like Connors a lot. I think Sungjae has a better chance to win. I think Homa has a better chance to win. And Sungjae and Homa, I'd probably rate pretty close. I mean, Homa, you'd probably have to give the lean to at this point, but you're also losing 20 points off that. And you're losing, especially if you're going to play it with the eight places, you're losing more money off that with the placement points that logically per value, Sungjae would be the one that I would land on out of those guys. Yep. And listen, if he needs tips on Lynx Golf, he can just call Tom. That's Kim. true. Well, let's let's start there then. Let's start with Tom Kim. <laughs> For I, President's Cup. I can't believe. I mean, I was all over him last week. DraftKings, I know Sky bet him inside the top five. Just not playing the 500 to one with the top five each way cost me a lot of money last week. Yeah, I was listening live. You and Tambo were putting the air in the tires. On, on on Wednesday morning. He won me some nice DraftKings money, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, you guys, yeah, um, load you guys up right at the Tom Kim segment. So I was thinking about you. I know Sky had the had the 400 to 1 with the placing, so he brought it home. Uh, yeah, it was fun to see. My Tom Kim memory is when we bet him at like 5,000 to 1. 1,000 <laughs> to 1 on 365. They weren't really sure who it was pre-tournament. And uh, yeah, they, then they didn't even honor their bets, bad people. That is true. That was at the Fortinet Championship, I believe. But he has become the trendy long shot pick this week. That never really goes well, does it? No, listen, that's amazing what he did. He won a huge bag in a Rolex series event. Finished, what, third place? Oh, like, come on. This ain't it. This ain't it. Unless, he, unless he's really it. Unless he's really it. I mean, Hideki in his debut came sixth here at St. Andrews. It's a long time ago. Hideki hits if you want. Morikawa. I mean, listen, when Morikawa is a generational player, his name will, um, winning that open on his first try won't feel that weird. Generational players do crazy things. We see it in all sports. These kids just come out of the tunnel ready to win. Yeah, but I'm saying what um, what if he what if Tom Kim is actually that guy? That would be crazy. That would be crazy. I was just using that to say Matsuyama fits that like other end of like that aged has had his runs here um that old like format that used to be the one you would you would sure watch. sure but i mean when we were talking about hideki at saint andrews seven years ago dude was like 22 or something i know and tom kim it's is 20 tom kim is 20 years <laughs> old <laughs> incredible um yeah i'm not gonna be I, 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 i'm not betting it i'm not rostering it I, i'm not i don't i'm not here to say he's missing the cut i'm not making that bet uh but i don't even think you get good number but yeah, I don't I don't really have an opinion other than I'll let other people play him and bet him. Okay. I, I think that he is really the one. Let's talk about Bryson now. You wanted to bring up Bryson. I still don't see it, is the problem. Even the the hardest part, I think, with the Bryson case is something that you pointed out with some of these guys at the top, where you get you need to have that creativity, and he just doesn't have it. He doesn't. Not right now. He, I feel like he used to have it, but since he became big, briefy, beefy Bryson, he just doesn't have it anymore. It's hard to argue that. It's hard to even... 
I mean, you, you sort of lifted up DJ by acknowledging like solid, like hard to quantify what like fifth or sixth or eighth in a live event means. Sure, I, but you can also moment. but you can also point to DJ has this longer track record, has played well at this course in the past. And when we look at yeah, the yeah, US Open, the last time that we had any sort of sample, any sort of metrics, the guy was in top like five for ball striking for the week. Yeah, no, I I I I agree. And with Bryson, there's really nothing it's like that it would really go against anything I've said that you do have to have some monicum of of lead in something to to win against a field where there's a handful of guys who do have it i'm just saying if you're part of that lane that this golf course is just a dinosaur that's going to get broken like if that's the lane you want to bet this week i think bryson at 100 has to be in your thinking and there are moments where i've had that thought process that this place which historically has given us a winning score in its last handful of opens of 15 to 19 in, in, you know, they're going to get, they're going to cross 15 in hard conditions. Like at this place in hard conditions, they would cross 15 under par. So, and he does have, if it plays easy, what is possible? Uh, You know, backbreaker. Maybe I just, when was the last time, if it because if, if it plays to how you say it is, to, to counter that a little bit, when was the last time Bryson won a birdie fest? Yeah, I, that's a great point. Like I think that's hard, a great point. I, I, I think I think Bryson's path this week is if the if it's like the daily year or six under is the winning score. Like the wins are just so outrageous, no one knows what's going on, and the biggest advantage that Bryson can have is he can pull out a fucking five iron off the tee and hit it three hundred yards underneath the wind. That's a good point. That is a good, like, counter to my, like, if breaking it is in play, then Bryson should be on your list. And that kind of isn't his player profile or his win profile was never really a, a breaking. Um, yeah. Kind of put like, it was a party. He was. His breaking is more of a strategy break. Like he did at winged foot that year where it's like, Hey, I'm just going to do this and no one else is doing it. And it's going to really work out. Sometimes that goes horribly wrong for him. His bull case right now is that at least in Portland, he looked healthy for the first time in like five months. He actually played pretty well. He even shot even par on the final round and made a nine on a par five. Like he was making a ton of birdies. We know he's a good putter. We know that he hits it a mile. It's it's that everything in between driving and putting has just been such a disaster for him since he won the U.S. Open that it's really tough to really go back to him in this sort of spot. I mean, if you say that this course can be broken, I would actually think that leads me to believe that opens up the board more for everyone. The harder it plays, I feel like the better players you're going to see near the top. If it's a week where it can be broken, like you're going to have someone doing the Zach Johnson, just Kevin Na hits a wedge to 15 feet every time it makes every putt. Yeah, no, broken brings in like, you know, that leads John Rahm to freaking out goddamn putting contest sort of conversation. Now, the counter to that is in 15 people maybe even myself said the same thing they're worried that it can get broken zach johnson won tim even went as far to say you gotta almost feel like that conversation has been had for a hundred years as it pertains to saint andrews uh you know a hundred years ago they probably thought the game was so far along from saint andrews birth 
that people could come there and break it. They never do. They never do. So I, I and I'm honestly go back and forth. Like it's, it's just it, what I'm doing this week is like having this moment of thinking someone's like going north of 24 under and then other moments where it's like, no, bunkers are hazards. The old course will find its way. The RNA knows that it's defenseless and they're just going to crust it out. Like every mistake will roll you into the worst place places to be unless you're exacting. So, and it'll do, it'll defend herself. Like she always seems to. I got some names for you here. Four that I'm interested in betting. I actually bet one outright just for the lols of it all. I bet Thurston Lawrence at 400 to one with eight places, but that's probably going to end up being more of a top five. I mean, I already made the bet, so I'm in on that. So let's hope he can go full Louis uh, from 2010 and just be a random South African that wins. But he's played really well during this Rolex series swing through Ireland and Scotland. Just seems like a really deep number. He's super cheap on DraftKings too. Like if you are looking for the pivot off of Tom Kim this week, Thurston Lawrence is probably the guy that you want he is plus 300 for a top 40 that's probably a more reasonable bet but two guys that battled in the playoff in Munich Jeff How Tong and Peters when I went through all the numbers and like culling down the list of like all the weird trends that you need to have either the win or the three top tens and whatever ends up coming through uh the only guys that made the cut Rory and JT both made the cut Ryan Fox made the cut Billy Horschel made the cut and so did How Tong and Peters. And looking at those advanced stats that Sky sent me from the Open Championship here in 2015, plus the St. Andrews rounds during the Alfred Dunhill, it was really high on that putting list. How Tong. I'm more in on Peters. Peters is actually a guy that I've circled north of 100 to 1. But I didn't know that you at some point today were going to talk us are try to talk us all into um how tong you could have peters at 125 or how tong at 175 i mean i like the eight places I, more it's probably a realistically it's probably a top 10 bet i think you could get there but i'll probably just bet both those guys to win anyway because as we've seen during majors the price that you get for the each way odds for the top eight are more than like two and a half to three times what the top 10 <laughs> odds are. So at least you give yourself the outright win equity with it, with making this bet for the same amount of money that you're just simply going to win more for a top eight. You give up those two places, which sucks. But at the same time, I do feel like the investment makes it more worth it. Okay. So you've given us Thurston, Tong, Peters. And then obviously... Siwoo is 200 to 1 right now, but that's just going to be like my FOMO bet. I do have two, one guy that I'm thinking about betting outright and another guy that I don't know what I want to do with yet, but I want to have, whether it's DraftKings, whether it's a top 20, top 30, to make the cut. I don't know what I want to do with this one guy, but I like what I'm seeing from him. But I do have one more guy I'm considering betting outright from this uh, range. Can I make a guess? Sure. Okay, I have two guesses. You watched my research show, didn't you? Some of I'm not... I watched the you watched the part with Bamford not the part where I actually dug into the research well like no I didn't finish that I could show you exactly right now where where I left off like if we want to timestamp it but you could see that I'm at like I'm into it uh Woodland or Bez no and I wouldn't have guessed if I watched I wouldn't be like let me guess had I seen it said on the research show um 
Okay, not Woodland or Bez. I thought you might be a Woodland guy this week. I, I mean, I could get there with Woodland. It's just probably not going to end up being for me as an outright. Gooch. Oh, this is in. This is the live hate, eh? This is. This is a huge number. It is. It is. It is. Yeah. Weird. Weirdly huge. Like we've talked, spoken about the live hate. This is the only live guy that's seemingly not being hated from an odds perspective Louis. or DraftKings is probably Louie. But everyone else is getting their own bumps. This is a bump supreme. So it feels like. Just to look at, I mean, he has two top tens on the Live Tour. It's a good form coming in. He missed the cut at the U.S. Open. That was unfortunate. He was 20th at the PGA Championship. He was 14th at the Masters. Like, he's played pretty well so far this year. And legit, no one wants to go to Gooch. And when I rated out the numbers on that research show, three names kept popping oh, up man. that I had, like, no interest in until it kind of happened. And Gooch is by far the longest odds out of all of them. You can get him at 200 to one. You can get that, those placement points. I I'm going to be in on Gooch. want to make sure that the weather stacks up. I don't think that number's going anywhere. The other two are Seamus power and Justin Rose, but it seems like they're no value anymore. Yeah. Rose has kind of sucked it out. You've mentioned him a bit. I was even giving him some praise. The stats look nice. Um, for Justin Rose at the moment. Gooch is just real interesting, Pat. It would be so good. It would be so good if he even gets interviewed this week and be like, yeah, what's so special? This place reminds me of my like local muni in some like bum fuck town <laughs> where he's from. No offense to that town. I don't even know where it is. So um, Thirsty Lawrence, 400 to one. Gooch, 200. Tong 175. Peters, 125. What is like the Rose number? The biggest one. Uh, 70? Not very big. 70, I think? Yeah, see, he was like 70 in some shitty PGA events like a couple weeks ago. I know. <sighs> it's funny. When, Tim's, when Tim talked about the old guys earlier, and he's like, oh, Els or Harrington. Rose is that guy this year. Like, Rose is yeah. old. Rose is like the right type of old to actually compete here. What, what 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 event did he was it Canada where did he go unconscious for a little bit yeah uh, he almost shot the 59 in Canada yeah and he had a nice was it 15th or something at the U or some just nice results some nice results and he we blew, talked about it in last week's show yeah I think. he he blew up on the weekend uh he had a horrible Saturday at the Scottish I think he was yeah, like 80 or something like that but other than that round he actually played quite well do you have guys from down here uh, Peters, Woodland. If it gets gross, um, also thought you might mention Bez. Uh, but well, we, uh, Peters, Woodland, and sort of every time I mention anything about a wild card here and like to be alert for player sneaky player profiles, just for the example, I keep mentioning Kevin Kisner. But part of me is actually tempted to play a little Kevin Kisner 250 to one now that we're here this week, Pat. Well, the guy that you that I didn't bring up that I kind of like, he's actually the same odds as Kevin Kisner this week. Stuart Sink. 
You know who's sneaky good from like 125 and in? Just gets it up and down from wherever. And even looking at his numbers and these three-putt avoidance stats from St. Andrews, he's like weirdly up there, which is not a name that I expected to see. He's right behind Tommy Fleetwood and right ahead of Jordan Smith. I like Jordan Smith. It feels like his numbers have been kind of beaten out. Uh, like Willett's down there as well. Like I'd prefer Willett and – I know Willett's odds are a bit higher, but I'd prefer Willett and Stuart Sink over Kevin Kisner, I think. I'm here for any will it positivity again. Yeah. I don't know. The Kisner thing just goes back to like that hundred feet creativity. I guess that's a big ask. I'm not really looking to invest in this range as much as I believe the wild card is totally in play this week. Um, I, I'll die on my sword of, of betting the range I bet in. And if I get nipped, like with a super bomb, any you know anything over eighty will feel like a super bomb in sort of this modern major championship trajectory we're on. Phil excluded, um, I'll just accept it. I guess I, there's just too many nice options. Phil three hundred to one. <laughs> no, I I've, I don't want to cheer against them. I don't I don't think Cust's. I mean, he's probably to miss the cut is probably like minus two hundred. Probably. I mean, um, why? I wonder how he has played, actually. I have no idea what Phil's history at St. Andrews is. He was 20th here in 2015, 48th in 2010. And that was like... You know, he's played horribly on live. So if yeah. you want to give guys who play decent or positive like props, you have to also have to acknowledge the guys who are playing horribly yeah. there too, right? Yeah, he missed the cut at the U.S. He's been 33rd and 40th on the live tour. How many guys are in that field? 54? 48? Something like that? Yeah, 48. Yeah, not great. Not great, <laughs> Phil. Um, uh, and I guess just on that, it seems like this week, do you think, like, you would think British or, or the press over there, I know it's Scottish, but they're very, like, tabloid, obsessed, driven. That's the vibe. But do you think, like, because 150 St. Andrews, the whole live stuff is, you know, we've had sort of, what, two majors or, like, I don't know, guys have had enough time to talk. As someone that loves the press conferences, Pat, like, I love them. I'd have no issue if if Liv wasn't even a convert talking point at all this week. I don't think that would bother me one bit. I think that it will be because people can't help themselves. It must do great traffic when everyone ends up talking about it. They can link it to an article, get some pushback on it. Because realistically, if these people hate Liv so much, the key is to just not talk about it. And then it will go away. But people can't help themselves from talking about it because that's all they want to talk about right now. And like Rory, Rory has this Rory has an interview coming out this week uh, that I think that he did with Kyle Porter, where he expands on his comments from Ireland. Like we're going to see a ton of this live stuff. Hideki's yeah. going to join the live tour probably right after this week. Yeah, well, as it's all as it makes a ton of sense, I think there are two more uh, defle def defection points in the near future. One would be after this week. Guys are just like major seasons over. Like, there's, I don't care about FedEx Cup. Like, whatever, I'm ready to go. And then I think after FedEx Cup, where guys are like, "No, I've worked hard for these goddamn FedEx Cup points. Like, this free money. Like, I'll take that." And then you can pay me the free money you're promising to pay me after I get that free money. So I think um, those are two uh, crucial, like, nervous. If you're, you know, worried about guys leaving, those are the the dates that you should that you should look at there's something i wanted to say but well, whatever okay picks and one and done 
for the 150th Open Championship. Who is going to be your one and done? Cust is using John Rahm. I am using Dustin Johnson. Yeah, this is the last time you're going to have to use a live player if you actually want to use one of those guys because it's the last event they'll be playing in the one and done season. So I'll use Dustin Johnson. Who are you going to take? I got my I got the list in front of me here. Have I used Cam Smith? Have you used Cam Smith? It doesn't appear as if you have. No, you have not used Cam Smith this year. So I guess Cam Cam Smith. All right, Cam Smith for you. DJ for me, Cam Smith for you. John Rom cuss one and done for the week. So actual bets I have in at the moment. Justin Thomas, 33 to 1 with three places. Thirsty Lawrence, 400 to 1 with eight places. And I played cuss, uh, cuss went Mito, Rom, Will, Z as his picks. I just inverted it and parlayed them all to miss the cut, 33 to 1. That's just going to be fun, as Paul calls it, his Costco bet. What was your actual Costco bet that you just sent me? I didn't uh, actually pull it up, Paul. What is it? Playoff, yes, plus 333. Because he said someone's going to run away with it, which means that there's going to be a playoff, and it's plus 333. <laughs> All right. And if it's going to be, like, low scoring or something like that, why couldn't it go to a playoff? Yeah, why not, right? Why not? We'll get that fun four-hole playoff. It's always a good time. So, Lowry, Louie, and DJ are very much on my short list. I do want to wait for the weather again. I'll have all of this stuff in, obviously, Wednesday show, 9.15 a.m. Eastern time with Tambo on Mayo Media Network. Sub to the channel, by the way. And then, again, uh, as I make bets throughout the course of the week, they'll all be updated in the newsletter, which comes out each evening during major championship weeks so go sub to that as well of the final bets on wednesday evening louis lowry dj and then long shots how tong and peters gooch and si woo i'm kind of mulling about um yeah i think that's where i'm i'm gonna kind of land at the moment and then the morikawa thing am i gonna end up there probably but at the moment i'm not there jeff surprise you're not there Um, for me, the bet I have, the future that I have, Will Zalator 70, Will Zalator is 54, uh, Will Zalator is cursed horribly. The bet I won't be able to resist making, giggle away, Tony Finau, 66 to 1. Um, the bets that I'm swimming around, that JT24, maybe even thinking about Pat's creativity with that 33, can never quit raw. Rom with a 20 in front of it's going to stay in this process. Behind that, it's a decision. Cam Smith, Patrick Cantley, Dustin, Johnson, Hideki, Matt, Tsuyama. Those were a lot of names, but at this moment, those seem to be the names of which my card will be constructed from. Long shots, I don't really have a good vibe. Woodland, Peters, I'd rather just all overexpose myself with the good players, I think. Yeah, it's probably the more logical way to do it. Like I said, these long shot plays are both tying in the win equity, but mainly for those eight placings and the eight placement points. Odds-wise versus money versus their top 10 odds versus money, I think it's more profitable to play the top eight. So that's the way, when I've done the math, that's how it works out for me. So I think it's a better way to go about it. You lose the two spots in terms of placement, but you also get the substantial boost if they actually win the thing. And I'm worried I'm ignoring Lowry, but I just don't know where I, who I would bump him in front of. But yep. I respect it, and I and I see it. 
All right, Jeff Feinberg. Follow him on Twitter at gfeinberg17. He's got a ton going on this week. He'll be live at some points. He'll be not live. He's got stuff with BetSpurts, with OddsChecker, with Rick Gaiman. In fact, Rick Gaiman will be on this show Tuesday evening going player by player. Everyone's favorite show of major championship season. Then Tambo will be on with me live, 9.15 a.m. Eastern Time, Wednesday morning, taking your questions finalizing the DraftKings card, the ownership, the weather, everything that you need. It'll be the final show from me for the week. And then if we get up to those 200 reviews, Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, maybe a Cuss Corner coming out on Thursday as well. Big week on the Pat Mayo Experience. So thank you all for watching, playing the Listener's League. Smash the like, hit the newsletter for all the giveaways. I'll see you next time. Pat Mayo Experience! Experience!